0: Hello, welcome back to the al podcast. It's been a while. I'm Asma Ibrahim, your host based in London. Um, so we did take a little break to focus on our Ramadan project. Um, that's now finished and, and alhamdulillah we're very pleased with it. Um, and so we're back with a few more episodes before we wrap up the season. Uh, so today's guest is Kezna Askar. Um, she is a person who has collaborated with us previously, um, through the Dot 4 project, and I was really intrigued by her work and wanted to sort of dive in a bit deeper. Um, so I hope you enjoy. Disclaimer, I think I had a cold when I was recording this episode with her, so maybe a sniff or two. Uh, try, try to ignore it. <laughs> All right, we've just hit start. Um, Hi, Kazna. First things first, would you be happy to just give yourself um, a quick self-intro?
1: Yeah, so my name's Kazna. I I just turned 24 yesterday.
0: (laughs) Happy (laughs) birthday.
1: uh, Thank you. (laughs) Uh, I'm doing my master's at Central Saint Martins in MA fashion. And I graduated in BA fashion from Manchester two years ago so yeah that's kind of it really (laughs) I'm living in London at the moment (laughs) oh how are you finding it yeah it's good I don't know it's so different in lockdown it's so quiet and empty it's just like different to like what it used to be (laughs) but yeah yeah and I think I really miss Manchester (laughs) oh (laughs) it's funny because the words quiet
0: don't really seem to ever fit London as you know when you think of London you're like that's not that's not the word that comes to mind but um yeah it's not an ideal situation at the moment I'm hearing (laughs) um but yeah I mean so I thought we should um bring it right back (laughs) um so you you took part in our um that us for collaboration which is sort of when we had the opportunity to see like some really exciting um sort of yemen inspired slash associated fashion um and i thought that was that was really cool that was really funky really different um and i guess like i thought if i'm interested in hearing about this and knowing more about it then i think some other people would be as well um so i guess like i did a, bit, did a bit of online stalking um and I think I found out that you that you won um your schools articulate um I think the competition or something like that or you you, you got uh, to the- yeah
1: yeah <laughs> oh and I was like, Ooh. <laughs> that was when I was in maybe I think maybe year 12 in sixth form and basically be- Honestly, I really didn't want to do it. Like, I really didn't want to do this competition. But my art teacher, she made all A-level art students do it. Like, we had no choice. It was, like, part of our grade or something. So we all had to, like, analyse a piece of artwork and then basically talk about it. And we had to present it in front of one of, like, these judges. And she was like, "Um, what are those people that, like, analyse art? I don't know what that job is. Uh, maybe an cur- art curator. Yeah. Well, she was like... A critic? Yeah. She was something like that. She was so scary. Like, <laughs> she was scary. I've never seen someone that intimidating in my life. And <sighs> we had to present it in front of her. And then the art piece that I chose was like, do you know Jean-Michel Basquiat? He's an artist from like Brooklyn in like the 80s or 90s. And It's very influenced about kind of like the Black Lives Matter today. It's the exact same message, but obviously 30 years ago because, like, nothing's really changed. And mine was all about that. And then I got through to the next round, and I was so upset because I didn't want to go through. (laughs) And then when I went through, uh, honestly, it was, like, all – it was very, like, middle-class white people. Everyone's from private schools there. And I was def- I was the only ethnic in the room, like <laughs> and it was so intimidating. And obviously I'm presenting a piece that's all about about like white supremacy and how African Americans oh get exploited in America. <laughs> and I'm literally presenting this to them. And I was stuttering so much because I was only like 17. And then when I came down, like the presenter went back up on the stage and she was like wow, that made us all feel very, very uncomfortable. And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) It was was so awkward. Like, it was just people telling me I made them feel uncomfortable because everyone was, like, white and over 50. Like, yeah, it was so awkward. But, yeah, it was a good experience. It definitely taught me so much about communication. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I mean, it's definitely sounding like what I've heard a lot of, and it's very much that maybe more UK specific as well is that people are really uncomfortable talking about race. Um, and you'd think that in in especially in a competition where you have the freedom to choose what you want to talk about, and you know, there's there's no sort of like guidelines on that and whatever, um, that it shouldn't it shouldn't be commented upon in that way. I think it's it's pretty crazy.
1: Yeah. And my intention was never to make them feel uncomfortable. That was just like I was just literally speak, speaking very um, objectively about the topic. And if mm. they felt that way, it just shows like their their mindset, like where their mind is at. Because I was yeah. seventeen, I was so innocent.
0: <laughs> Bless, no. Okay, that's that's a really interesting story that I didn't expect to come out of this, but um. Wow okay wow that's a real extreme. you
1: found that (laughs)
0: know it does it does come up when you search your name it does come up Um, I think it's your school website and I was like oh this is interesting um so it looks like you've been you know artsy for a long time right art GCSE and art a level
1: yeah um I went to like an academic school so creative subjects wasn't pushed like that and actually the only creative subject we had was art and it was more like fine art like painting like you couldn't really like do any other disciplines so yeah I just like kind of stuck to art my whole like school life and even in my A-levels I was doing so bad in my mocks and my tutors were like you need to like calm down with the art you need to like focus on your other subjects (laughs) but yeah and then after school I decided I needed like more art experience because I didn't get any at school so I did like an art foundation in college in Liverpool and it's just like a year programme where you experiment with everything like graphics, photography fashion, textiles um, 3D work and then that's kind of where I like went into fashion
0: yeah and like, what is it that sort of stood out to you compared to, like, the other mediums that you were sort of experimenting with?
1: I don't know. I feel like with fashion, I just found it so much more cooler <laughs> than doing the 3D work. I remember in my 3D class, I made a tree. And I was so proud of this tree. But, like, in my fashion <laughs> class, I was actually looking at, like, clothes and what people were. And also out of all of them with fashion it was the one that I could like really dive into subcultures and I think that's like what triggered like um my interest in it is definitely the subcultures I think.
0: And what subcultures were you interested in exploring specifically or did you have any? Uh
1: at the time I think I was 18 so most of it was like I think it was, like, music, like, hip-hop subcultures, like, New York fashion subcultures, um, yeah. And I remember everyone else in my class was looking at the UK punk subculture and, yeah, and then as I, like, developed, I started looking into, like, the Middle Eastern fashion subcultures and how, like, different tribes or different outfits to represent things and, yeah. <clears throat>
0: Yeah, the sort of hip-hop, sort of slight streetwear definitely comes through when I was looking at, like, pictures of your work, um, which I thought was really funky. Um, and, and like, I think I've seen sort of Arabic calligraphy and that sort of stuff mixed in. Um, how did that – or I guess, could you talk us a little bit through your, your pieces, um, like, things that you've made? I think it was your graduating, like, collection.
1: Oh, um, Yeah so my graduate collection the theme was like the journey of an immigrant but it was very specific about my family. I mean it was about all immigrants because immigrant culture in the UK I I feel like is very specific like the experience is like really unique but then I just focused on how my dad came to from Yemen to England and uh, just like how we um how they kind of like my parents and my grandparents raised us with like cultural like traditions and like raising us on our culture Yemeni culture and then how when we went to school we adapted our whole culture as the next generation in the UK so that was kind of what it was about so most of it was like streetwear modern influence like modern streetwear influences stuff that my brother would wear and like I see, like, yeah, maybe guys in Sheffield wear, like, tracksuits, jeans, yeah. And then the prints were mostly Middle Eastern, so, like, Arabic calligraphy. Um, and, yeah, I, I, yeah, even though I was doing men's there, I would always include the women of my community within the print. So even in the shape, like, there was one look that was, like, inspired by the burqa, but obviously I put it on a man so everyone could like flip the narrative, kind of. Um, but yeah, when you look at it, you can tell it's inspired by a burka, but it's on a guy. And then most of my other looks had women on it, yeah.
0: <laughs> That's really interesting, flipping the narrative. Um, you sort of reminded me a little bit of, um, have you seen sort of the photography that Bush and Mutawakil does?
1: Uh, I think so.
0: Yeah, I mean, she's done. I mean, sort of, she's done stuff where she's got um, like Yemeni women wearing traditional Yemeni women, Yemeni male clothing. That sort of thing. It's it's quite interesting yeah. when you see someone like flip that with genders. It's quite it's quite cool. It makes people feel pretty unsettled, I think, sometimes actually, uh, because there's this yeah. sort of very specific association, um, and then suddenly, whoop.
1: <laughs> yeah. Even the scarf I'm wearing now, it's traditionally yeah. worn by Yemeni men, but. I just wear them anyway and my granddad's like you know those scarves are for men and I'm like yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's
0: really funky I like that I like that that's really sweet you said (laughs) you mentioned like um yeah seeing Yemeni like the clothes that Yemeni guys wear in Sheffield so what's what's the sort of community like because I think I've heard that it's quite substantial size community in Sheffield yeah
1: there's a big Yemeni community in Sheffield um Yeah, I think we're like maybe second or third generation now. I know most of our granddads came to work in the steel industry in the 70s. And then our parents either came with our grandparents or they came separately. So like my dad came separately. Um, And yeah, I feel like we're like a big community in Sheffield. We're kind of like a staple. I don't know. To me, it's like normal. Do you know what I mean? Like this is just the community. But, yeah, they definitely have, like, inspira- a big inspiration behind all my work. <laughs> yeah, just the idea of community and, like, togetherness. And, um, I don't know, like, I don't, yeah, just, like, the strength of togetherness. Like, because it's so easy to view that as segregation, maybe. But when you're actually in the community um I can't explain it (laughs) when you're in the community I feel like that's not the case because like we've integrated so much of the UK culture with our culture now that maybe we're like considered like British Yemenis now do you know what I mean
0: (laughs) yeah 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 completely (laughs) um and so so for you I'm guessing that's that's been a big part of your life from a young age, sort of being connected to sort of a local community and, like, through your family, sort of keeping those uh, traditions, so to speak, alive?
1: Um, yeah, well, I was born in Liverpool and I lived in a very white area. It was quite really, it was really racist area. Like, it was, like, on the outskirts of Liverpool, so there was no minorities at all. And I lived there till I was like maybe 12. So I wasn't really part of a community like at all. So then when I moved to Sheffield and I saw all these Yemenis for the first time in my life, it was the biggest culture shock. (laughs) And then then when I was in Sheffield, I actually went to like, maybe a white majority school as well. So I'd go to school and then on the weekends, I'd be going to Arabic school to like, it's, like, the first time that I was actually, like, involved in my community and, like, the first time I actually saw people that looked like me because in my school there's like, no one that looked like me at all. My hair was different to everyone and, like, my skin was different. My religion was different. Everything was so different. So maybe when I went to Sheffield, I, like, embraced the community atmosphere a lot.
0: <laughs> oh, that was really, really sweet. Yeah. Um... <laughs> for sure uh I think I think some of us can definitely relate to sort of being ah, oh no I stick out like a sore thumb that's not ideal um and so I think when you find yourself in later finding a community so to speak you I think you appreciate it a bit more as well right because you start to see what it you, you kind of really compare and see the difference
1: yeah definitely that I appreciate it I appreciated it so much more and like Yeah I feel like it always like inspired my work even in my GCSE work I would always reference like my culture and my community like without knowing it and then it wasn't until like I went to university that I acknowledged that oh wait this is like my whole community I may as well put community everywhere because that's like what I want to emphasize and also when I went to university it's like the first time I realized other people didn't have that sense of community and they didn't. They didn't think it was as important. So I tried to like really like emphasise it, to show that it's important. But obviously, there's bad things that come with the community as well. But I thought maybe I should just drop that <laughs> narrative. <laughs> 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 um,
0: and so, I mean, did you ever spend any time in Yemen yourself?
1: No, I've actually never been. <laughs> Really? It's so because I'm so like patriotic and I've actually never been. But um, inshallah, I can go one day. I yeah, keep talking about sure. it with my family. I really want to go. All my cousins go every year. And I just never been. Have you been?
0: Yeah, I've been, I think, maybe three or four times. Uh, I've not been for about uh, nine, eight, eight, nine years now. Uh, I think we basically stopped going after sort of arab spring period um but before that i went a few times as a kid um i think adan is the place i have kind of the most the strongest memories of because that was where my family most of my relatives were based um i i think i there were some real ups and downs for sure <laughs> like i think there yeah. was some some dramatic rides in the like we were driving in the mountains and like there was there were no fences or there was no railings i remember and the driver who knew that we were sort of freaked out and because we'd never like been in that sort of slightly unsafe zone before deliberately would pretend to lose control of the car as if he was about to go hurtling off a cliff it was it was genuinely really, really <laughs> a terrifying experience that's been scarred into my memory <laughs> <laughs> but um it's it's a it's a really cool place, I think. I think you'd really enjoy it. Where where's yeah. your family from? Um,
1: yeah. Sir. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell by the way I look? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone oh, always no, says no. that to me. <laughs> um
0: yeah, I think h- how's your Arabic, by the way?
1: Uh, really bad. <laughs> Please don't speak to me Arabic.
0: <laughs> I can't. No, don't worry. My Arabic's pretty bullet as well. I can relate to going to Arabic school for about like a, I don't know ten years every Saturday and still come out with broken okay. Arabic. <laughs> okay.
1: Our Arabic school was more like I literally just used to go for the fun. <laughs> I would not learn a thing. I was such a bad student. I was just like go and mess around. I was so loud like
0: (laughs) wow you went for fun uh I wish I could say the same (laughs) I I think I recall trying to pretend to be sick a lot of the time trying to fool my mum that I so I so I would skip it um I think it was more uh it was like hard you know (laughs) I was like, ah, it's so difficult. I don't want to be there. And all the kids around me were so naughty. And I was like a really quiet, introverted kid. So I feel like, oh, my God, these children are crazy. I don't know how to deal with the situation. <laughs> um, wildly this is in Yeah, this was in London. So you, so if you were at my average school, you'd be one of the wild, naughty kids. I guess.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, bless. <laughs> no nah, don't worry I think you'll, you, you'd you really enjoy it um and hopefully uh you know when when an opportunity comes up you can go and visit um I think you'll find like it's also so wildly different depending on on what part of the country you're in as well um yeah. I really want to visit Socotra Island at some point like that's like on my bucket yeah, list okay. I really want
1: to go me and my dad were just talking about that we were like let's just go <laughs> <laughs> Why well, is it specifically to Socotra? Um I don't know. My my dad's always wanted to go there. Uh, he also he watches YouTube videos all the time about it. Like <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah.
0: It just it's it's really cool and it's really funny because I remember how no one had ever mentioned it to me when I was a kid, as if it was, like, irrelevant and totally unimportant. And when I found out about it and I mentioned it to my mom, I was just like, "Mom, this place is so cool. Why have you never mentioned it before? I don't think she even thought of it as anything particularly significant, which I find quite funny because it's such – it's basically the Galapagos Islands of the Middle East, and that is cool and that is funky, and no one talks about it. Why? It's so true. <laughs> Honestly. yeah. that's so funky um I guess I wanted to ask as well I mean uh are you sort of interested or have you ever been sort of inspired by the Yemeni art scene
1: or like the Middle Eastern art scene so to speak um definitely the Middle Eastern art scene honestly I didn't know there was a Yemeni art scene until maybe a couple of months ago when My friend actually sent me the Al Yemini Instagram page and I'd just never seen it before. I heard of it and she was like, you should really apply for this competition. And I was like, how have I never seen this page before? I was like in shock. But, uh, and then when I clicked on it, so many people from Sheffield, like Yemenis from Sheffield were following it already. So I don't know how I missed it. But uh, yeah, uh, I follow quite a lot of Middle Eastern artists, particularly like photography. I just feel like it's so cool how they like photograph like different tribes across the middle east like um uh, instead of just like the big cities like i prefer going like deeper in the culture <laughs> but, yeah.
0: yeah i'm so honored that you know you you found out about us only recently and you're like whoa i mean I, you know the the real sadness here is that you didn't to be fair, we have Elonia hasn't actually been around for that long specifically as an entity. Um, okay. Like we've literally only been around since pandemic hit, like lockdown started, um, and that's when we really like started up. Um, you know uh, Inti bint? Yeah, Who, yeah, so she, she, she's 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 not her. she's our founder. Um I sort of like hopped on pretty quick after that. but yeah, she's been doing cool stuff around for a little while. Um, and I remember being in a position where I was, like, also unaware that there was a really cool Yemeni, like, art scene, so to speak. Um, and then finding that I think I, it was uh, first year of uni for me, I sort of became super, super intrigued and wanted to learn more. And then I was like, let's look at Instagram. What's going on on my feed? Let's fix it. And then I was like, woo, this is really cool. I didn't know this was happening. Um <laughs> So it's really it's really fun um, because there's there's a lot of really cool cool work and, and really interesting pieces sort of being and interesting people I think doing different stuff. Um, and I've been learning a lot as well like uh, you know over the past a like, couple years just like learning so much actually um, like through art so to speak and I think that's that's like really powerful in it's in its own way like I've been educated in a sense through Instagram and I'm like yes yeah <laughs> who said social media was a totally it uh, was a total waste of time huh <laughs> I mean it is a lot of time waste of time but you know <laughs> I, I, I've got to come into myself somehow <laughs> so at the moment you said you're doing your master's right
1: yeah
0: uh-huh. so is it one
1: of your master's um, it's like one year and a half. Have you just started then? So I started in November, and then I graduate February or March twenty twenty two. Okay,
0: how's it going so um, far?
1: Uh, it's very very intense. <laughs> I don't think I was expecting it to be this intense at all, and I took like a gap year between my BA and my MA, and I did, like, charity work, and thing. yeah, I just took, like, a gap year, so I wasn't, like, it, I wasn't, like, I didn't have, like, the momentum, so then when I started the MA, I was very, very relaxed, and everyone was, like, on it, because they've been working in industry, they've been doing their BAs, so it took me a while to get into it, but, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> I mean, I think
0: that I've don't know a huge amount but i think i've heard that Cent- central st martin's is pretty is pretty intense and quite prestigious so i'm not i'm not surprised it sounds like a lot <laughs> but are you enjoying it yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah i mean it's different to my ba completely because like it's more about if you've got an aesthetic you should really like run with it and like go deeper in it and develop that aesthetic to create a brand Whereas in my BA, I had like quite a lot of people like questioning my aesthetic, like just like the Islamic references and things. I know it made people feel uncomfortable, but like people just wouldn't get it. But like on this course, you can really do whatever you want and they'll accept it because that's your aesthetic. You've just got to work harder, harder, like making it what you want it to be, which is intense. But like if you're passionate about it, I'll just, It'll just happen, I guess.
0: <laughs> and so and so, what are you sort of working on and and what are you sort of aiming to get out of your, your MA, so to speak?
1: Um, that's such a hard question. My tutors ask me that all the time as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in my BA, my final collection, that was like the starting point of where I wanted my work to go. It's like as soon as I finished my degree... That was like the starting point. So like, I feel like, I mean, obviously I accomplished the whole degree, but I feel like there was so much more I needed to like do to take it further. And even though my intention was just to focus on the journey of an immigrant, I realized like the byproducts of that was like, people were like, oh, where's Yemen then? I've never heard of Yemen. Like when people look at my work, they're like, oh, where are you from? And I'm like, Yemen. They're like, honestly, no one had heard of the country before. And I was no. just like shocked. <laughs> I was like, oh, no one's heard of this place before. Maybe because I was just in Sheffield and obviously I'm in my community all the time. So when I leave that and I forget, like people have never heard of the country before. And then I'm explaining the country to them. And then people are like, oh, so is it like Dubai? And I'm just like, um, not quite. <laughs> and then I'm trying to explain like the humanitarian crisis to them and the war to them. And then I realised like, there's like a lot of education behind my collection that happened naturally so then I realized I really wanted to combine the idea of like charity or like raising awareness and like charity work and humanitarian work through fashion so then during my gap year I, I did like a lot of charity work so I went to Nepal for five weeks to work in local communities there and then It's supposed to be like a six month program. So it's supposed to go there for three months. And then when I come back, I'm supposed to do a program in my local community for three months. But obviously Corona happened and everything got cancelled. So but in my five weeks there, I learned a lot about community work and how to actually have change in a community. And the key is definitely to like, if you want to go global to start local, so like, um, I started making T-shirts for. Well, initially they were for Nepal, but once I met my target for that, I realised I wanted to raise money for Yemen. So then I started making T-shirts and selling them. and uh, Honestly, it's my community that backed that backed my little T-shirt business. Like my dad would, my dad would take like a bunch of T-shirts every night to his friends, and he would sell them for me. Oh. <laughs> yeah lots of people would buy them off me and yeah so then I realized like I kind of have like the foundation set and I know it's possible to combine fashion with charity work so that's what I kind of want to do within my MA obviously I don't know how to do it but I feel like it is possible (laughs) and I've worked with a brand before in Amsterdam and they make um like bags and laptop cases out of recycled refugee jackets and then they collaborate with the refugees from Syria that moved to Amsterdam and then they sell them and then they reinvest the money back into their community projects and they've had endorsements by like big companies so like I know it's possible I just need to do it
0: (laughs) that's really exciting and that's that's so so inspiring as well um, you know being able to not just sort of pursue you know your dream and, and what you're good at but also sort of combining it with you know how like char- charity and sort of making an impact within community and especially in a time like this where I think we're seeing you know the the wealth gap so to speak or the, the rich poor gap becoming worse and, and more pronounced um, and issues that have risen with the pandemic just sort of torn society apart um it's it's so important and like you said start local yeah <laughs> that's that yeah that's really sweet um uh,
1: sorry go ahead oh wait, i was just coughing oh <laughs> <Are> you're <laughs> i thought you were saying something
0: <laughs> and, and so um post-graduation are you are you going to be sort of seeking experience um thinking of going like straight into uh, doing your own thing or working in in for another brand so to speak um
1: I don't know I thought about it um about what would even happen um so before I graduate I have to make um a collection so I think I'm just going to focus on my collection next year and then when it comes out I don't know I'm just going to see where it takes me. <laughs> I don't know I feel like I'd like to start my own brand but uh, I don't know if I need experience first. I've actually never had fashion experience in the industry before and on my course I think almost everyone's had fashion industry fashion industry experience before and I realised they learn quite a lot but I don't know. I'm just gonna go with the flow, see what happens.
0: Yeah, for sure. No, go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm
1: not the only one
0: who's really excited to see um, where you'll go. You know, in the future, it's it's really cool. Um, and who knows? Maybe we'll we'll see a we'll see a new brand popping up on the block someday. Also, we kind of up in like Vogue or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, at this point, I think I leave the floor to you if there's anything you sort of want to just, um, highlight or sort of message you want to leave, um, or anything like that. This is, this is your moment.
1: Um, (laughs) (laughs) pressure. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm selling t-shirts on my Instagram if you want to check that out, um, at kazna.aska and um, all the profits are donated to yemen um mostly i donate it to either isra uk or sabah relief but mostly sabah relief now it's like an independent charity that does like on work site in yemen so it's very trusted it's not like a big corporation but um yeah i put different designs up um and yeah <laughs> I don't know
0: what else yeah. to say. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. Um, Guys, go and check out Kesna's T-shirts. Um, <laughs> You know, I, they're, they're super funky, really fashionable. Um, Everyone will ask you where you got your T-shirt, obviously. Um, And then you can just sign up on Kesna's Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. Thank you so much, Kuzna. Um
1: Thank you
0: for inviting is- me. I was no really worries, nervous. So no don't worry don't worry it was great it's perfect thank you so that brings us to the end of another episode thank you so much for joining us we hope you enjoyed it um and tune in next month for a chat with the Farouk. till then bye